Hello, and welcome back to the Trap Game Podcast. I am your host, Mark Ruthoff. Joined, as always, with my co-host, DeAndre Henderson. Great afternoon, everybody. Hope everybody's feeling okay. Let's go ahead. Let's get it going, baby. So, we always have our picks. Main part of the show. We'll get to that. But, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. DeAndre's going to sit out here for <sighs> 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Yep. Um, I usually do a full episode on the Yankees' incompetence. I give them, you know, the, the whole rundown for what the year is. But I don't think they even deserve that much of my time anymore uh, with the way that this team has been been being ran, frankly, over the last 10 years. Um, so I'm going to take about 10, 15 minutes, and I'm going to summarize. I'm going to do our Yankees obituary here before we get to our NFL picks. All right, guys. And just so you know, I'm still here, but I'm not here at all for the next 15 to 20 minutes. It might be 20 because once Mark gets gets the yapping about the Yankees, man, it's it's good night. I still love everybody. I will be back. I'm still in the room. Just, you know, this is all. And Mark's if he wants territory. to jump in, he's more than welcome to. I will not be jumping into any of this. You, you do your thing, big dog. So let's start here. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning the World Series. Great run by them. Great team that was assembled. Corey Seager wins the MVP. Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager are MVP finalists, along with Shohei Otani. And I say that to start here. Corey Seager could have and should have been a Yankee. Guess what the Rangers got him for? Nothing but money. Guess who Marcus Simeon came over for nothing but money. It shows that spending money still wins you baseball games. It still shows you're you're willing to invest and build your team. And not only did they spend money, we Yankee fans had to watch Jordan Montgomery have one of the better postseasons by a pitcher we've seen in a long time. Guess where he was last year in New York in the pinstripes. And that bald-headed asshole, Brian Cashman, traded him away. And why did he trade him away? Oh, he wasn't part of our rotation plans for the playoffs. And guess who was? Jamison Tyone, who moved on anyway? Luis Severino, that can't stay healthy for more than 10 games in a season? And easily had his worst year as a professional baseball player this year. He was throwing meatballs. And what does Jordan Montgomery do? He was great in St. Louis. Built himself up, won a World Series with the Rangers, and now is arguably the second or third best pitcher on the market this season. If I'm Jordan Montgomery and I see the Yankees pop up on my caller ID, I hang up and I block it until Brian Cashman is gone from the Yankees. If I'm a free agent, seeing how he's building this team, spending money with this team, why in the hell would I want to go to New York? Not a chance. Not only that, 
We won't get rid of John Carlos Stanton. To their credit, to their credit, they got rid of Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks was terrible since he got that big, that 11 or 7 year deal from us. Okay in Baltimore, whatever. But we won't get rid of Stanton. Why are we holding on to Stanton? He's costing them $20 million. I get it. That's a big amount of money for most teams. For the Yankees, eat that money, act like you want to win, because there's guys on the market this year that will be so much more productive than Stanton. Over his last two years, he's hit 211 and 191. Last year, he hit 191. He only hit 24 home runs, and he hit, played 101 games. I'm sorry. The games that he's not playing are more productive for us. I don't want Stanton in the lineup anymore. I don't hate the guy. I don't hate him. But if we're serious about getting back to the World Series, your lineup cannot consist of a Stanton hitting 191. It can't consist of Billy McKinney. It can't consist of Kyle Higashioka. It just... There's so many holes on this team that could have been addressed by guys that wanted to play in New York. Bryce Harper wanted to play in New York. I'm sure Seager would have taken the phone call. Manny Machado wanted to be a Yankee. Yet Brian Cashman and his fucking nerdy analytical team are telling you that Josh Donaldson would have been more productive than Manny Machado. And we have to sit here and we have to listen to Steinbrenner roll back the clock with Brian Cashman again, bring back Aaron Boone. Look, I don't like, I don't hate Aaron Boone like everyone else does. I think he's getting a bad rap for what the front office is doing. But you can't bring back and run it back the same thing year after year and expect different results. And that is literally the definition of insanity. <clears throat> so what is Hal Steinbrenner? Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner spoke today. I didn't see any videos, but I got clips and, and, and little things that they said. The very first thing that everyone was gravitating towards was the Yankees using the bunt more next year. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But you know when you should have been doing it? When there was literally nobody on the left side of the infield. Not a single person. And you're still telling them to, to pull the ball, to do this, to do that. These guys are making $20 million a year. And you're telling me that it is not worth more than laying down a bunt on the third side of the ball? third side of the field, then swinging away and hitting it straight to the second baseman that's halfway into right field, and you're telling me that now they finally figured it out? Sorry. There's just too many things wrong with this front office. Aaron Boone, again, don't hate him like everyone else does, but I'm not going to be sad the second he walks out that door either. They are telling us that they're going to spend and this and that and the other. Well, they told us the same thing last year. After they signed Rodon, 
who, again, was god-awful this year. I can't blame that on Brian Cashman. At the time, I was excited about the signing. But again, it just goes to show he comes in and he doesn't pitch for the first half of the season. How are these guys not doing their due diligence on these trades, on these signings? Frankie Montas threw three games for us and had an ERA of like seven and a half because they didn't do their research. Brian Cashman is too smug. He's too arrogant. Anything that isn't the way he wants it, it's just not, it's not working. We haven't won a World Series since 2009. We haven't beat the Astros. We've been to the ALCS at least four times. But we've lost every time because teams that are willing to spend, teams that have built their teams the right way, they beat our ass because Cashman doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He's only won one World Series since he's come to the Yankees. Why are we acting like this guy knows what the fuck he's doing? Why? There's guys that have won World Series more recently that have one bad year they get fired. And Brian Cashman hasn't won since 2009. Has missed the playoffs multiple times. I have to sit through two years of IKF, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, being our best hitter. And you're telling me that Cashman doesn't deserve to be fired? I don't know. Look, do I want Soto? Do I want Otani? Do I want that kid from Japan that's supposed to be the next Masahiro Tanaka? Of course I do. Do I have any faith that these dumb assholes will realize that they're the New York Yankees and not the Pittsburgh Pirates. They could have Otani. They could have Soto. They could have 10 guys, 9 guys, making $25 million a year and still be printing money, but they want to act like they're not making anything. Yankees fans will, for better or worse, sell out that stadium every year. As good as the team is, as bad as the team is, I can't fault Yankees fans for wanting to watch their favorite team. But I can fault them for pretending that this, we get the different messages wrapped in the same blanket every single year and expecting things to change. So that's really all I have to say. Again, I could have gone longer. I don't want to waste my energy on the Yankees anymore. Until they really show that not only they're invested in winning, but not being a middle-of-the-road team at a trade deadline and not do anything besides trade for a lower-end middle reliever from the Chicago White Sox. They want to bring back Montas, for God's sakes. What, what benefit? Do we have bringing back Frankie Montas on any deal? But, again, they're going to say the right things. They always do. We're a fully operational Death Star. We're this, we're that. We're going to spend. We're not done. The message is always positive, 
but the results are never what they say they're going to be. So I'll go into next year with optimism like I always do. And then when the same thing keeps happening, we're just going to be right back here next year with the same exact message. That's all I have to say. Dre, would you like to add anything? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Hi. Hi. Are you done? That wasn't 15 minutes. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think it could it have been, been a lot longer. It could have been, but Mark, I think you're saying it right. What is the point of wasting your energy? You said you wanted to do it. I was like, you know what? Fine. Get some steam off. Hey, do your thing. It's okay. The Yanks will be back. Just have faith, my brother. Have faith. That's what life is about, having faith. When have Cashman's faith. gone. You mean Cashman Center, like in Vegas, Nevada? I'm just playing. <laughs> sure, that too. <laughs> well, oh, let's go. Let's let's talk to the let's talk to the viewers real quick. I want to apologize. Listen, my college football picks have just been abysmal. After going four and zero in the month of October, uh, oh, oh and four, oh and four, last two last weeks. Two weeks. And I was 0 2 myself. We got some really shitty ends of those games, though. We should have covered both of them, but we didn't. So we went 0 2 as well. So. But I want you guys to know like, we're going to be better. The, the research never stops. I literally, my wife is probably really irritated at how much I'm on my phone recently doing all this kind of research and trying to be better, trying to be better for you guys. So just bear with me here. We're going to, there's going to come a point where we're going to be goats. We're never going to miss. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know gamblers only hit 50%, 56% of the time? Hey, you're in the money. I know, right? You're in the money That's at that good. point. Well, recapping last week, um, again, we both went 0-2 in our picks uh, for college. NFL, I was 9-5, and bringing my total record to 61-56-2. Dre was 7-7, seven and seven, bringing his total to 62-55-2. So, overall, I am only one game behind him now. Um, College-wise, I'm 8-6-2, and, and Dre is 6-9-1. and one. So, before we get into... Oh, also, I hit my super lock for the first time. Only took me till week nine. I did get a push last week, so we were on the right track. Um, we are on the right side. Just got a shit right, number. Right, right. So, uh, I had the Chargers. Dre was on the Falcons. We all know Mark Josh Dobbs is literally headline news. He is. He's all over the place right now. They already have his jersey. I give him. Team I give flowers when they're due. And quite frankly, Josh Dobbs is starting to be just become one of my favorite players in general. Where like I wish nothing but success for him. Right. Because the dude was just getting settled in Arizona. They shipped him off for a bag of peanuts, and then he comes back in. The starting quarterback for the Vikings. He wasn't even supposed to play. No. Starting quarterback for the Vikings. He, goes, he was doing the cadence. Like he was trying to get the cadence. Like, with his offensive line during the game. This cat, the Vikings don't have their best left tackle. They didn't have Justin Jefferson. They lost KJ Osborne. And he somehow, some way, willed those, those boys to a victory. Okay. It wasn't impressive, yes. And he deserves all the attention he's He deserves getting. his flowers. But can we stop pretending like he did this against, like, the Chiefs? I don't want to disrespect your boys. It's not disrespect but if it's true. I mean, he did it's it against disrespect. the Falcons. Like, let's stop acting like he came back from 15 points down to the Eagles 
are the Cowboys. Like, I will say the Falcons. Cool. It was fun. The Falcons are no longer a team that you can just go in there and pick on. But what I am saying, because the defense has just gotten better over the last three years. I mean, you can look it up. It's it's in, proof is in the pudding. Right. But uh, do you play for your numbers to be better, or are you playing for wins? Because You play time, for clicks, we play for wins. Right. Because <laughs> last time I checked, you don't get into the playoffs on how good just one side of your ball is. This you, is also true, Mark. But so, this, I have been in purgatory since 2016 when Tom Brady absolutely took my freaking soul from the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Right. I haven't I have just been lucky to get seven wins each year. I've just yeah. been praying for that. So we're just gonna keep doing that. That's fair. Go seven That's wins. Fair. So coming into our college picks this week, I will go first. Oklahoma State versus UCF. UCF plus two and a half at home. I this is another number. I go at least hunting for one trap number a week. This is my trap number of the week for sure. UCF is four and five. They have a losing record. They're like one and five in conference play. Oklahoma State is the 22nd ranked team in the country. Why are you laying less than a field goal as a top 25 ranked team against a team with a losing record? Makes no sense to me. It's because UCF is freaking scrappy there's one of those teams apparently they're more than scrappy if you're only laying two, two and, and a half, half points against a top 25 team so give me ucf plus two and a half i love that number this week i like that too um but for some reason that usc game just is sticking out to me i am going to take usc plus 16 and a half right See, okay, so I'm not trying to talk you off this number because before we started recording, I thought the same way. Yeah. 16 and a half seems way too Caleb high. Williams has thrown 28 touchdowns, four picks. Is this telling us that, like, Caleb Williams might be hurt? There's, like, there's something wrong with USC? Their, their defense is terrible. We already know they're going to give up, like, 45 points a game. They just fired their D coordinator. Right. But what has USC shown us? USC has shown us that they can... They're off. They can score with anybody in the country. They might, as bad as their defense is, they still might have the best offense in the country. Get no arguments. Why am I getting 16 and a half points with arguably the best defense or offense in the country? Because we're going into Eugene, Oregon. We're going to go play Bo Nix and the boys. And the Oregon Ducks have just been slowly but surely just kicking ass. No, Oregon's great. They're a good team. I'm not arguing that fact. I just. For Oregon to cover this number, it's too. Mu- I think it's too much of an ask to go against one of the most explosive. That's what I'm saying. You have to cover three scores mm-hmm. against this offense. Caleb Williams has 28 touchdowns and four picks. That's what I'm saying. Like Oregon, this score for Oregon to cover has to be like 70 to 50. Yeah, like that's how much Oregon needs to score. I think. For them to cover this. What's number. the over under in this game? Do you know? Seventy three. Jeez, <laughs> like seventy three and a half. This is so Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I I really like USC plus the 16 and a half too. I'm just afraid that there's going to be a very, very publicly backed dog here. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the number go down. I think if it was bet down to under two touchdowns that maybe I would start considering. I would go Oregon. to or- I would lean Oregon because they are, in my opinion, Oregon is a better team than USC. They're two touchdowns, in my opinion, better because right. they have a good run game, good pass game. Their D-line is really good. Their corners have been playing good. 
Oregon has lo- a lot of levels of, of success. Right. So, and USC, their only punching chance is Caleb Williams just gets hot and shoots for 525 yeah, yards. Yeah, they have to score like 60 points. And to me, that's just too much of an ask. Yeah. So, I'll take my 60. I start off 16. 16 and a half. I'll take it. All right. Uh, my second game. Listen, this is an ugly, ugly, ugly game. I'm only taking this off principle. It is the lowest total I've ever seen in a game ever. Iowa versus Rutgers, 28 and a half points. You have, they can accidentally score 14 points. I'm like each. I, I just, I can't justify taking an under at 28 and a half. That is just crazy low in every sense of the word. Can this game end seven to three? Absolutely it can, but I'm just going to bank that they're not going to score three, seven points every single game. At some point, they have to score some points. And when you're giving me a total this low, I'm like I said, on just a principle alone, I'm going to take the over. Just like on the USC Oregon game, mm-hmm. 73 and a half, I would probably take the I take the under on principle on games like that all the time. You just need one slow quarter for that game to go under. Yeah. You know what I mean? So can can they score again? Can it be 70 to 50? Absolutely. That's, crazy. That's what these defenses are. That's what those offenses are. Defenses have a day every now and then too. And again, you just need one slow quarter for a number at 73 and a half. Make to, to be looking three times in yeah, a quarter. That's yeah. it. That's all you need to do. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna take the over in the Iowa versus Rutgers game at 28 and a half. I just, you know, that's crazy. 28 points is crazy. Nuts. Nuts. But oh well. Um, my second pick is going to be the Hook'em Hook'em Horns. We're going with the Texas Longhorns against the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, TCU has had a pretty down year. They pretty much started their year down, losing to Colorado that first game. That just set the tone for their whole that whole season. They're um, I think Texas is playing good. I like the backup that they they've been rocking with. I think I hate them. You hate him? Well, you're a Texas fan. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a casual Texas guy. So I've been watching. I've watched every Texas game this year. Malik Murphy shows flashes. Shows flashes of being really, really good. And then he turns the ball over two straight possessions. And then he overthrows the guy five yards. And then He's missing layups. Yes. Mm-hmm. So where I think Texas should win this game, I mean – they were up 27-7 to against Kansas State last week and had to go to overtime. And it took Kansas State – still, this is so weird to me. Kansas State is only down three in overtime. You just need three to tie it, and they went for it on fourth down and didn't convert. So, Texas – Analytics. Yeah. Remember, yeah, remember this? Sure. Analytics. Analytics. Right, yeah. Stupid. So, they should have won – Kansas State honestly should have won that game. Texas won in spite of Malik Murphy. I have faith in Texas. You know I do. I do think they win. I hope they cover this number for you. But until Quinn Ewers is back, 
I'm not confident laying more than a touchdown with Texas at the moment. At this point, it's not just Texas offense. I'm, I'm kind Their of defense on. is awesome. Their defense is good. Special teams is pretty good as well. Listen, I'm hoping for a TCU turnover, fumble, ruski, pick six, because TCU has not looked that great this year. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to rock the, t- uh, the horns. Uh, what is it, minus 10? Uh, minus 10. Minus yes, 10. Yes, I accidentally put plus 10. I was about to say they're not. They're not. They're not underdogs, <laughs> buddy. Um, yeah, so there's our college picks. Oklahoma State versus US, uh, UCF plus 2.5 for UCF. The over on Iowa and Rutgers at 28.5 for me. For Dre, he's taking USC plus 16.5 versus Oregon. Texas minus 10 versus TCU. And before we get into the NFL, that's next. Where, how rigged, if any, do you think college sports is at all? On a scale of 1 to 100. I don't know, man. When you talk about something being rigged, I don't know. It's hard to say because we literally live in the, the city that I think is rigged altogether. <laughs> so, okay, but that's what I'm asking you. So you have Rutgers versus Ohio State, mm-hmm. right? Rutgers was getting 18 and a half points. Mm-hmm. In what world do you see a line at 18 and a half? That's two touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety. That you have to cover. Why that number? I'm telling you, man. It doesn't make any sense. And what does Rutgers lose by? 19. 19. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's it's small, weird shit like that. That it just doesn't make any sense. Like, in what, why? Why 18 and a half? That number. When do teams lose by 19? That's Ever. a very specific number. Very specific. And it's just, it's awkward. It's weird. I don't like to say things are rigged. I don't I don't like that conversation. But when you first of all see a line at 18 and a half, that there, there is no major scoring number in football that hits 18 and a half points. They're just not. If you're going to set that line, it should have been 19 and a half. So you're covering... Two touchdowns and two field goals. That's, that would why just make you, the most sense, right? Why are you covering t- two touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety? That's all I'm saying. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's weird. It doesn't check out. It doesn't check out. <laughs> it, the it's just an awkward number. Yeah, I that, agree. That may, and especially since it was covered by 19, it just is awkward. I, like 21, not even a conversation. They win by three touchdowns. We don't even good. talk about this. Right you're now. good. Yeah. You cover 18 and a half by a half a point. Mm. Something's afoot. Mm. <coughs> Something's weird. Mm. Someone should be invested. And Ohio State is being investigated for some sketchy shit right now. The whole, I just don't understand. The NCAA, do they even, they don't have any kind of like real regulations on their shit, man. They kind of don't. And like, with everything going on, with all this realignment yeah, and stuff man. anyway, the NCAA is being slowly pushed out. They're not even going to be a thing in the next five years. I will agree with you there. So, because the NCAA, they don't have – the conferences decide what they what their ultimate fate is. It doesn't really matter what the NCAA says. Right. And now that you got NIL, you've got – bro, whoever makes the greenbacks makes the calls. And these kids who's making $10, 20000000 million a year – Gonna tell the NCAA to go shove it, go pop shove it. 
Because at the end of the day, what are you really controlling? Do you think as uh, I think it's next year, well, next year is where all the realignment happens. You have like four major conferences with 20 teams. You have expanded playoffs now. It almost seems that college football as a whole is going to make more money than the NFL. Mm -mm. I mean, Mm -mm. you got to think like kids are going to be staying longer because they're making, they're actually making money now. College football fan bases, I would say, are just, if not more rabid, than as rabid as NFL They're way better. Way better. College college fans compared to NFL fans, I don't know. I'd rather go see a college game. You take NCAA out of it, Mm -hmm. now there's less regulations for the schools to make more money, the kids to make more money. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's avenues. You also have... uh, the college football video game coming back. Yo, I can't wait for that. That's going to be the great yeah. like, Again, I... You ready to get your ass whooped in that? That'll never happen. But, <laughs> again, like, yeah, our girls won't see us no. for weeks. Mm-mm. Weeks. I'm going to I'm gonna take Texas to 17 straight national championships. Yeah, to my, shout out to my wife. Love you, boo. Yeah. Uh, when this game comes out, just, you know, that I need some PTO. I need some PTO. That I need some PTO. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it's just like... You're right. Will it happen? Probably not. But the avenues that they're taking are starting to open up. Mm-hmm. We're like, there's going to be, even though college makes a ton of money already, they're going to start bringing in more money. And you have these kids staying longer. You have these. You have better games now with all of these teams getting to play each other. You do lose a lot of rivalry games, which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But. You're going to build new rivalries. You're going to build bigger, better games. Now we get to see Texas play Alabama every year. We get to see them play SEC. You get to see Texas LSU every year. You get to see Texas uh, Ole Miss. Like, these are games that never happened. And these guys can still play their little hometown rivalries. Like, you can still do Florida, Florida State. You can still do LSU, Alabama. You can still do that. Yeah. Just, it has to be non-conference games. It's now a non-conference game. Yeah. And it'll mean a, a shit a little bit more because, you know what I'm saying? It won't happen all the time. Yeah. So. I like the new direction that they're taking. It's crazy, though. The Pac-12 is disintegrating. And let's go ahead and get this like out the way. They are conference. literally the best conference in football right now. Yeah. Because I think there's like 10 or 11 teams that are just stud teams, man. And when Colorado's the worst in your conference... That's crazy because they're not. They're, well, they in your opinion, they suck. Terrible. Yeah, this year they're kind of bad. This is the worst you'll see them. I'll say it again. Mm, yeah, again, we again right. we're agree to disagree on that one. But anyway, college is great. It's been fun this year for sure because I've actually got to. I've been invested because Texas just hasn't been there like this in a long time. And you have a good co-host now, so it's like that you got to be invested. That in is this true. Shit. <laughs> Going into in. the NFL. Hit. Thursday night football, the worst game of the week. Probably have the one of the worst games of the year. Yeah, I'm not, not just of the week. Yeah, because there's some pretty bad games this week. The Panthers at the Bears. The Bears minus three and a half, minus one hundred five. The over under is thirty nine and a half. The o, the under is juiced to minus one fourteen. I'm gonna start here. As much as I hate it, I'm I was gonna I'm gonna hate taking either side. I don't like either one it of these. Both teams. suck. I'll probably but, go the opposite way of you. Do. That's fine. But one philosophy I've been 
taking this year, and it's worked great for me, is bad teams laying points. I'm never going to take a team that is just bad. Just because you're playing a bad team... Doesn't mean anything. Does not mean I want to lay points with another bad team. Panthers. Panthers. I'm already on the Panthers. I wrote them down before we even started talking. Do... I mean, can the Bears... I mean, I think Justin Fields is coming back. He's coming back, I think. Tyson Badgett looked good. How much of an how much of an upgrade is Justin Fields over Tyson Badgett? You Honestly, to, do you want to get into that right now? I would because love to. I have a take on that. Please, Tyson Badgett. I'm sorry, he's just a little bit slower, but he's a better thrower of the football. He was good, and he can still move. Yeah, he wasn't he's slow. Still he's not slow, but yeah. he's not Justin Fields fast. Like Justin he's Fields not. is. Video game fast. Oh, man, those first two drives against the Saints, like, he looked like a dude. He looked like a guy He looked play. like a dude. When do we see that about Justin Fields ever? Maybe one or two games a year? Three, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. But Tyson Badgett, I mean, he's – is he going to be the, the quarterback long-term? No. Had he squeaked out that game against the Saints, yeah. we would have been having a real-ass conversation oh, for about sure. who's starting at, uh, for Chicago. Yeah. Because Justin Fields, yes, that's their guy. But they still, they're, they're still not paying this guy I don't think yet. he is their guy. You're right. I, I don't think he is. I just think they're obligated to start him at this point. Because he was a first-round draft. And, and it's, it's like going to Kyler. Kyler's coming back this week, barring any setbacks, Yay! but we'll, we'll get to that. The Bears need to build up Justin Fields' trade value again because very likely they're going to have a top-five pick. Same with the Cardinals. Two, five, two top-five picks. and that, Yeah, exactly. Like... In no sense of the imagination should Kyler Murray be coming back to a one and eighteen. No, if he's your franchise quarterback, you would at one and eight. You just sit him, let him rest this year. Literally, nothing is going to change for the Cardinals besides him coming in, winning a couple games that we wouldn't have won anyway. And now we're going to fuck up our draft position, which is actually pissing me off. But. At the same you're token, you're getting to build him up. You're getting you're trying to get good value, Mark, because you want you want to get something in return for Kyler. That's fine, but we already have the number one pick locked up with Clayton too. You don't want to You are ridiculous. Someone someone is gonna even if Kyler didn't play, someone would take a flyer on Kyler. But someone. you wouldn't get value, Mark. How many times we gotta talk about value in the okay, NFL? But, okay, but here's the thing. Say Kyler comes back. He wins like three games, right? Right. So now we're four and thirteen, I think it is, with, sure. with how it is now. Now you have a top ten pick. That's fine. That's fine. What value are you getting being an eighth pick, let's say? Now you're the eighth pick. You're not the the Bears, the Panthers, the Patriots. They're not giving you the one, two, three pick for Kyler. They might give you a later round first pick next year or a second or a couple thirds or whatever. You're not getting a ton for Kyler. Not with that contract, not with two major knee injuries. So not only are you sabotaging your number one pick that you have locked up if you if you get claimed to. There's no world where Kyler plays well enough where you can justify to me that losing the number one overall pick and just building up his value, okay, he doesn't play. Maybe you get a couple third-rounders. A good team gives you a first-rounder. He plays better. Okay, now you're getting a second-rounder. You can't tell me that losing the first pick to play Kyler 
is worth more than playing him and marginally helping getting whatever you would get for him. You could. You could. I mean, the way you're looking at it, it, it makes a hell of a hell of a lot of sense. It's a great take on it. My thing was a little less, a little more simpler. Okay. I was just looking for, dude. If Kyler plays good, okay, yeah, we don't have the number one pick. Fine, we're still going to be within the top ten, and now we can give Kyler for some like maybe we can trade Kyler for some actual dudes. Maybe we can go get another dude at wide receiver. Maybe for a team that's struggling at quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe I mean, we could go get someone like a Darren Waller from New York or like and shit Kyler's ass to, to the Giants. I don't know. That's just me spitballing. No, that's true. But and, and here's another thing. He plays well enough. Now you pigeonhole yourself. You have the seventh, eighth pick. Right. Now is there anyone even worth taking as far as a quarterback? Correct. Now you pigeonhole yourself and you have to hold on to But what I'm saying is, Mark, this quarterback class coming up is probably going to be the best one that we've had in a very, 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 you can build around Kyler because he's dynamic. He's dynamic. He's dynamic as hell when he's healthy. I agree with you there, but if you're a team, right? You're the Falcons. Okay. Oh. You have Desmond Ritter. Say he's not the answer for the Falcons, right? He's not. Would you trade up? Would you trade anything? Would you rather trade up into the top ten? Get a quarterback or trade for a 26-year-old with a massive contract and two major knee injuries. I just want to in this draft class. In this draft class coming up, of course, I'm gonna probably go with the young gun. I'm already young as is in Atlanta. I've got and that's, and young that's running a, back, tight right. end, receiver. And that's another thing that's working against the Cardinals. This quarterback class is so strong that teams are going to be looking at other guys. They're going to be, like you said, they're going to want the younger guy that's cost them nothing rather than if it was like, if it was only Caleb Williams and Drake May, okay, you have Caleb Williams, you have Drake May, Shadur Sanders, you have Jackson Dart, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Quinn Ewers, seven guys that can go in the first round realistically this year. Yeah. I'm I'm looking. At, I'm thinking of the list right now. Did you say Penix? You said I did. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Drake May. Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Jaden Daniels. The cat from Florida State. That's what I'm saying, dude. Jordan Travis. Jordan yeah, Travis. He's good too. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's a hell of quarterbacks. JJ McCarthy. We didn't even mention him. Like, mm-hmm. it does. I I just don't see how the card. I think this year. This. Is I think beneficial. to support my argument, I'm getting screwed up because this year's draft class of quarterback Ridiculous. is so good. Maybe if it was like last year or the year before, I would have a solid argument here. Yeah. Kyler's value would be a hell of a lot yeah. higher. But considering you have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all of these guys, Quinn Ewers coming coming out of college to go pro, those were four NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. And I know I didn't mention a lot more. So it's like you got to take a chance this year. If you need a quarterback, this is the draft to go see if you got one of those young guys. That's what I'm saying. Like, and if Kyler was on a cheaper deal, maybe. Uh-huh. But, but his deal is so the, expensive. The new team that brings so him expensive. in, you have to pay this kid $50 million. I thought it was 52 or like so, something, something crazy. Some crazy number. So, 
Well, yeah. I mean, we haven't even got to the Cardinals yet, and we will. I know. We just lit the Cardinals yeah, up for no reason. We'll, <laughs> we'll visit that conversation a little bit again. Shit. But moving on to the Sunday games, Colts at Patriots. Patriots. Did I pick for Thursday? What did I pick for Thursday? You took the Panthers plus okay. right now. Yeah, yeah. So Panthers. Colts, Patriots, Patriots plus one and a half. The over under is 43 and a half. Uh, the Colts looked good. Mm-hmm. Again, I think Gardner Minshew is starting quarterback in the league worthy. Um, he won't be with the Colts because Anthony Richardson looks like a guy too. Um, I mean, you're only asking me to lay a two or one and a half points with the Colts. I like it. I love it. I like it a lot. And I'm not trusting New England to save my life. Yeah, Are like you crazy. Like, is that a trap number though? Yes, they're it trying to get you to do something to like three. Because New England's deep, like I said, Bill Belichick has these moments where his defense just looks unstoppable, mm-hmm. even with the no-name dudes that he has. Like that defense will be tolerable, I guess. I yeah. think that's what they're trying to tell us against uh, Indy. But Jonathan Taylor's going crazy. They did lose Josh Downs, their downhill receiver. Yeah, he uh, messed up his knee. Yeah, so they're going to be pretty thin at wide receiver. But I just think, you know, young coach, Gardner Minshew is a slinger. He likes to gunsling it. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, the Colts are 2-7. and seven. You lose at home to the Commanders in a game that you should have won. Yeah, I, I mean, the, right. the Colts on paper, offensively better, defensively. And they're, st- they're, they're stingy close. on defense. Yeah, don't, don't let them Colts fool you. Uh, yeah, I think the Patriots have the better defense overall. But again, Maybe. Not enough for me to really be like, oh, that really swings this game for me in their favor. So you and I are on the Colts plus or minus the one and a half. Uh, moving on to the Browns and Ravens. The Ravens minus six. The over under is 37 and a half. I'll take Cleveland. The over is minus 112. What? Okay. Convince me to take Cleveland here because, like, I just, I mean, the Ravens have won their last two games, what? 38 to 3, then 37 to 3. Can I tell you the difference and why they won those last two games? Okay. Um, when Lamar Jackson plays against the NFC, he usually blows them out. Right. A team that he sees multiple times a year, he struggles against. And Lamar Jackson laying more than a field goal is not that great of a favorite. I love the Ravens at home. Are they at home? They are. They've been at home the last couple of weeks. So they are, it's home cooking. But. Five and six points to a divisional game to the statistically best defense on paper. I'm sorry. I'm I think the they might have lost that distinction. Maybe. But what I am saying is that the Browns defense is still no slack. They're still good. They're still very good. And they play Lamar multiple times a year. So they know they don't know how to defend him, but they have a good idea of what to how to contain him a little bit. So this will be an ugly game. I see Cleveland losing by maybe three. Yeah, I just can't take anything I saw out of that uh, the game last week with the Browns and the Cardinals. I mean, oh god, yeah, anyone twenty-seven, anyone would have beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to nothing. That like Clayton Toon, if he's not on fucking waivers, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I get it, the Browns defense is good. I understand that the offensive line isn't great, but at halftime. He had 27 yards of offense with two interceptions. Mm-hmm. I could have done that. 
Yeah, we could have. We could have done that. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Like, as much as I should want to take the Browns here, because like you said, divisional game, the Ravens. I mean, it seems like a letdown spot for the Ravens. Like everyone's going to be super high on them, and that's why you see the number at six. Mm-hmm. I think normally, if the like last two games for the Ravens would have been closer, you're probably sitting at three, three and a half. Right. But because they blew the doors off of the last two teams they played, which are good teams. The Lions they, and they the Seahawks. The shit Both are good teams. beat the shit out of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Both first place teams. 100%. You are not wrong so, in anything you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think I have to – I'm just going to ride with the Ravens that's here. Not, that's you know, like perfectly acceptable because Lamar's having an MVP season. Yeah. He is not playing not to get hurt. He is playing football. Their defense is really, And their defense really is really good. Man. So – they generate a pass rush with four, and their corners and safeties. Good luck, man. Yeah. Marlon Humphrey and that that Kyle Hamilton cat. That he's a second. He's coming player. into his own. Yeah, buddy. He's, he's long, coming. lanky. And he man. Yeah. All right. So Browns. So you're not wrong. Yeah, Browns for Dre plus six. I will take the Ravens laying the six. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Packers at Steelers. Steelers minus three at home, minus 118. The over-under is 37 and a half, over minus 112. I'm going to take the Packers. I'm not going to think about it too hard. I, again, I mean, like, yeah, sure, the Steelers won a very close game against the Titans. Packers looked great this last week. Um, I just, again, I don't, I don't understand in what world – and how the Steelers are five and three, mm-hmm. they're not that good. They're not a five and three good team. They've had a couple bounces go their way. They've had a couple late drives that have won them games. Uh, the Packers defense should be able to hold the uh, the, the Steelers yeah. to a pretty low score. And I think the Packers hang around long enough to either lose by three or win by three. I, you, but the. Re- I 100% agree, number one. Yeah. I knew you were going to take the Steelers. I'm 100% taking the Steelers because what's what's the best side? You said, at this point, Mark, I'm taking the better cue. Right now, would I rather have Kenny Pickett or would I rather have, uh, what's the guy's name? Jordan Love. Jordan Love. I'll take Kenny Pickett. Yeah, but is it like so clear cut? Yeah. Oh, I don't Jordan know. Love can't throw that ball down that field, man. Kenny Pickett can at least throw a deep ball to, to George Pickens, but Pickens will be pretty locked because he'll have Jair Alexander breathing down his neck all night. But Deontay Johnson coming back is huge because that gives Pickett his other security blanket. So, and that defense ain't going nowhere. <laughs> that defense ain't going Jordan, nowhere. Jordan Love has no one to throw to. I don't think he has guys on his team that can get open downfield. Christian Watson's fine. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave. Do I need to go down the entire Packers offense? They are young. They can separate. Jordan Love needs to put the ball in the right place. You just named five, four guys that would be number three receivers on a lot of teams. But, Mark, you asked me about the Packers and who he said throw to. Who is he throwing it to? Jordan Love's, three, had, Jordan Love's got three, weapons. You can't tell me he doesn't a lot have of weapons. Number three Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Christian Watson. That team is pretty good on offense. I'm not saying they're, they're a juggernaut or anything like that. But what I am saying is he's got weapons. He doesn't have a good bad. offensive line. He lost David Bakhtiari for the year. He's, so gonna, I think, he's probably going to retire after that. Yeah, I think so, too. He's older. I mean, Orgo played for the Jets if Aaron oh, Rodgers can convince him. No, please. Um, yeah, I mean – Hey, I'm not going to be surprised either way on this game, but again, 
I don't think the Steelers are three points better than anyone, honestly, besides maybe one or two teams. And the Packers, yeah, I'll just I'll just take the plus three and have fun with it. Um, so yeah, Packers for me, Steelers for you. Moving on to the Texans at the Bengals. Bengals Ooh. minus six and a half, minus one eighteen. The over under is forty eight. Real quick. Okay. Can we please give CJ Stroud a little a set of flowers? Really hey quick? man, my fantasy team owes him all the flowers in the world. And forty one points in fantasy. And you know what he you know what he did to me this weekend? He dropped a fifty burger on Ooh. me. So CJ Stroud, while I love and appreciate your performance, it was masterful. That was the most that was the most fun game on the weekend. It was. I don't care what anybody says. The Texans Buccaneers game was phenomenal. It was dramatic. Mike, it was Baker Mayfield played good. It wasn't like there was no downside in that game for me. Man, they I lost a kicker and CJ Stroud just went off. What was it 473 yards, touchdown, five touchdowns, five touchdowns. no picks. Yeah. So, uh, rookie record for that is definitely because it was like uh, Mark Brunel had the the I think it was Russell Wilson and then Cam Newton one of those guys one of those guys yeah. held it last because I was at I was at the game when uh, Russell Wilson broke it against the Cardinals ouch I got to see Russell Wilson's first career start and That's he beat the cool. shit out of the Cardinals didn't That's he pretty, no I think the Cardinals won but he played a really good game okay. Um, but yeah, I want to give CJ Stroud his flowers. I hope I pray for health and um, keep balling, young man. That was fantastic to watch. Yeah, no, and I mean, the kids. He he just seems like a leader. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. How dumb do you feel if you're the Panthers right now? I don't know. How dumb do you feel if you're the That's Panthers? That's tough because the writing was on the wall. Bryce Young. While he may know how to throw a football, at the end of the day, he's just too small. Do you think it was the Texans? They were putting out all that bullshit about yes. C.J. Stroud. Gaslighting him. Yeah. Mark, that's what idiot. they need to do. He's this, he's that. He's so dumb as fuck. So Don't take the Panthers him. are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't take him. And then the Texans were sitting there flicking their lips to 470-something yards and five touchdowns against the Buccaneers. Um, that being said, I'll take, I'll take the Bengals. Again, like, what an emotional game for the Texans. To win, they didn't even cover. Scored 49 points or whatever it was, or 39, and didn't even cover that game. Um, the Bengals, to me, I think they're all the way back. Oh, Joe Burrow. The, looks, the Bengals are back. The Bengals are back, and I don't like this number. Six I don't like is, this number. It's a big number. Six and a half is a lot of points considering the fact that C.J. Stroud just threw for damn near 500 yards. Mm-hmm. But the saving grace isn't just that Joe Burrow's back. It's Cincinnati's defense. Cincinnati's defense, defense has been playing well. lights out. Joe Mixon is having a, a, a career year right now. Jamar Chase, healthy. Um, T. Higgins is looking good. Tyler Boyd is looking good. I don't even know the kid's name, but the uh, Irv Smith Almost scored two touchdowns. Like, yeah, the Bengals are a scary team right now. They The league had a chance to put them out, and they couldn't. Nope. And now I think the league's in trouble. The league is in trouble. They're not in the playoffs right now, but they will be. And let me tell you something. You don't want to You don't want to play Joe Shiesty. Because right the, the problem that, that I'm having with him is um, he's the second-best quarterback in the league. And right now, Mark, 
You cannot convince me of a, of an, anyone better than Joe Burrow besides Patrick Mahomes. There's I'm just not one quarterback. Me personally, I would still put Jalen Hurts in that conversation. I want to disagree. I'm a big Jalen Hurts. I love I love Jalen Hurts. We can't um, discredit him. We're not going to no. discredit Jalen Hurts. But I'm also not going to argue. Like I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. So I'm not going to argue that he's. We're talking second if we're talking first. third and fourth down, third and five, third and six, fourth and five, fourth and six. There's just there's no one matter. guy there's one guy I want. That's Patrick Mahomes. If he's not available, can I get Joe Burrow, please? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, I love. I don't like the number though. So I am going to take Houston. Okay. I don't blame you. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. It's a big number to lay. Um, but yeah. So Texans for you. Bengals for me. Moving on to the Saints at the Vikings. The Vikings plus two and a half at home. The over-under is 41. Is Justin Jefferson back this week? I don't think so. Okay, then I'll take the Saints. Yeah, me too. I think, Like I said last week, I think the Saints are going to start piling up W's mm-hmm. um, because their schedule softens up a little bit. And now that the Bucks are three and five, they've got, like I said, they've got no excuse not to win that division. They've yeah. got no excuse. I mean, and they like... I like Josh Dobbs. He played way better than the Ugh. one in one in seven record in Ugh. Arizona. So um, and I think he is a very competent quarterback that can keep this game close. Yep. I just think the Saints overall are just better on both sides of the ball, especially without Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You lose Cam Akers, like it's, they lost KJ Osborne. Yeah, so I mean now you're out your top two receivers going into this game. Like I, I just can't make a case for taking the Vikings. No, me neither. And I'm gonna also rock the Saints. Derek Carr has looked pretty decent the last few weeks. And can I just tell you the best player on this team not named Alvin Kamara? Taysom Hill. Saints. Taysom Hill. What a Swiss Army knife that guy is. I don't know if I'd call him the best, most versatile. Sure, but most Mark, when I tell you Taysom Hill. He makes more impact plays for someone that nobody really talks about than I've ever seen. Because he threw a pass, he caught a pass, he can run, he can block. I don't know what else that man can't do. Yeah. So, but you just can't start him as your starting quarterback no. for some weird no. reason. Yeah. No, yeah, you, you set up against him. Yeah. You know, passing down. Yeah. Uh, that looks. That's great. ugly. You got Zach Wilson back there. Oof. At that point. Yeah. Oof. So, Saints for uh, Dre and I at minus two and a half. Moving on to the Niners at the Jags. The Jags are plus three at home, minus 105. The over-under is 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. What, what are you telling yourself? Right now, what am I telling myself? Uh, take the Jaguars. Okay. Don't ask me why. It's like you and the uh, uh, the Steeler, the who, who the Steeler, the Packers pick. I'm gonna take Jaguars, and I don't know why. I can't really explain to you why because the Jaguars aren't better offensively. They could be. They're not better defensively. That's for damn sure. They're not better offensively. I'm sorry. What the Jags? No. Okay, like I said, with, with a with a fully healthy Niners offense. Oh no, that team is a jugger. That team is a jugger. And they're, I think, after the bye week, they're I getting think healthy. They're fully healthy. I think Debo's back this week. Trent Williams is back. Caffrey is fine. I mean, Trent Williams. Yeah, we're so in trouble. I, I think the team that we saw prior to this three game losing streak is just an anomaly. I think. I think that team is going to be more what we see this week. Sure. I want to take the Jags. I'm taking I do, them. I'm doing it. But I, I, I gotta, 
Gotta go Niners. I don't think the Niners will lose four straight. You got your two games on me right there. Yeah. Let you get this one. Okay. Take the Niners. All right. So Niners, Niners for me. Jags for Dre. Fuck. Uh, moving on to the Titans at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers nice. minus one and a half at home. Even money. So the Titans getting one and a half is minus 120. The over-under is 38 and a half. The under is minus 115. Tennessee? I don't want to, but I'm going to. I just the line itself, like even money. I have to lay points at even money. It just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I'll take the bucks. Yeah, you're taking the bucks now. You're, you're switching. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the bucks. Okay, so then why are you switching? Well, because first of all, Tennessee's defense against the pass sucks. They can't defend the pass. They are really good at rushing the quarterback, sure. Mm-hmm. But the Buccaneers' offensive line is pretty serviceable. You can go ahead and you can if you can protect Baker, he can get it to Godwin and Evans. And Kate Otten had a really good week last week. Yeah. They have some pieces out there. So I'm strictly taking – I'm riding the Baker train this week. Plus he's going to be – I think he's going to be my starter in one of my fantasy leagues. Look, I hope you're right. I, I hope – you know me. I've been riding the Baker Mayfield train hard this year. I hope he has a good game. I hope he gets back to four and five and yeah. gets them right back into the playoff hunt. Because if they lose this game, they go three and six. I, their year is pretty much over. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll I'll ride with the Titans just because the line is saying to ride with the Titans here, and I don't feel good either way. Honestly, I like Will Levis, Mm-mm. but. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. They might have something there. Yeah. So Titans for me, Bucks for Dre. Moving on to the Falcons at the Cardinals. The Cardinals plus one and a half, minus one twenty to that plus one and a half. The over under is forty three. You want me to let to tell my team to go beat the Arizona Cardinals by one and a half points? What is it? That's what you're asking. And the Falcons are even money. Again, so the same thing with the Buccaneers. The Falcons are even money laying one and a half on the road. Mark. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. The Cardinals suck. I can't do it. Yeah. I thought this was the case last week with the Vikings. But Josh Dobbs told me to shut my bitch ass up. Yeah, he did. So is is Kyler Murray going to tell me to shut my bitch ass up? We'll freaking see. We will freaking see. So, okay. So last week. Oh, God, you're taking Arizona. I am. And the only thing is, last week, I told myself, no matter who played quarterback for the Cardinals, the Browns were the pick. Because Kyler coming back off of almost a year-long injury, having to face that defense, wouldn't have been good. Clayton Toon getting his first career start against that defense. Terrible. Was not good. What, what a shitty spot to put that kid in, by the way. Like, I do feel bad for him, but, I mean, he just showed that he's not NFL caliber. Um, in this spot, like, Kyler looks good. He's been fully healthy from what everything we've heard for the last two weeks. He's been practicing fully. Um, and I just, at home, I think the fans... As much as Cardinals fans were soured off of Kyler Murray, even though we're one and eight, 
The football has been so bad recently that Kyler Murray is like our savior right now. He have you have you watched the boys? What, what? The boys, the the show, the boys on Amazon Prime. It's like that. Okay, so there's one there's one dude in that show. He's a piece of shit. He's like a superhero. He kills a bunch of people that he shouldn't. And at one point, like he's he's getting a whole bunch of bad press. He does one thing, and then he like lands in the middle of this crowd, and he thinks he's gonna get booed, but everyone starts clapping for him, and he's like, "Oh, okay, all right." Like that's Kyler right. No. He's been the villain, but right now he's he is getting a hero's welcome in Arizona this week. People are gonna be with the the season's over. We all know that, but people are just so ready to see some sort of competent football by this team that I think the Cardinals are gonna be juiced up to play a good game. So I'll take the Cardinals at the plus one and a half. Oh. Do you want, do you okay? So I I don't think we can go to the game this weekend. Do you want to do a live watch along, so the fans can see us watch it together? A live watch along? Yeah, we'll stream it. We'll stream it. Yeah, I'm down. That would be fun. All right, so Falcons for Dre, Cardinals for me. A potential watch along this weekend for whoever's interested. I think that would be fun. I think it would be dope. I think be can, you guys can hang out with me and my two sons. I'll have both my kids on stream, and we'll, go. we're going to make it a thing. Sweet. So uh, moving on to the Lions at the Chargers. The Chargers are plus one and a half at home, minus 105. The over-under is 48 and a half. Hold on. Juice to the over at minus on. 115. I said last week I'm not doing this. No. I don't want the Falcons. I said it <laughs> I last was, week. I wasn't going to call no, no, you no, out. No, 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 no. I'm calling myself out. I wasn't going to call you out on No. Nah. Hell you, no. You've said that like three times already. This Hell season. no. Last week was a super lock week, and no. Yeah. Mm-mm. So that should, that tells me I should move to the, you should move to to the Falcons. I'm not know. going to. No, you're... I'm not going to. I'm locked in at the Cardinals this week. <laughs> um, moving on again, Lions, Chargers. Chargers plus one and a half at home, minus 105. The over-under is 48 and a half. The over is minus 115. I hate this, man. This is I still one. don't know if the Chargers are good or not. They're not. I don't know. The Detroit Lions are good. Huh? The Detroit Lions. Who do they play? The Detroit Lions. Isn't that the Chargers playing? Yeah. Chargers are back to 4-4. Four and four. Lions are 6-2. and two. Coming off of a bye week, but before that, coming off of an absolute shit-kicking. So I think that's a good shit kicking. I'll take Detroit. Take Detroit. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going with Goth and the Sun God. I'll take. Oh God, he's taking the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. Ew. I mean, like they're they, not going to play good two games look, in a row. But the thing is, they didn't play good. Bullshit. They did not. Their Fine. defense played great. The scoreboard says their otherwise. Defense played great. They did not play a good game. They did not play a good game, and they still handled the Jets very, very easily. Um, I mean, shit, they didn't have, like, a first down until, like, halfway through the second quarter. They did not play a good game. They just had a couple short fields because of what their defense did for them. Um, 
I've been I've been riding with the Chargers this whole year so far. Go for it, big dog. I'm not. Go I, for the it. The wheels are still on. Do it. The wheels haven't fallen. Okay, off so move on. So okay. All right. So Lions for you, Chargers yeah. for me. Lock that shit in. Yeah. The Giants at the Cowboys. The Cowboys minus sixteen and a half at home. The over under is thirty eight and a half. So the what the line is telling me here. And what the total in conjunction with the line is telling me here is that the book completely thinks that the Giants are going to score seven points or less. I don't know. Tommy DeVito? Who is that guy? Get him out of here. And even then, you need a 24-7 to game for the Cowboys to cover. That's good. That's exactly what I'm going to get because I'm taking them Cowboys. Me too. Need to. I'll take it to yeah, Cowboys. I mean, I can't trust the Giants to score ten points in a game. So what? Why the hell? Why the hell not? Cowboys can easily beat them by seventeen and sixteen and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the Giants are so bad. They're terrible. They're so bad. Terrible. So, poor Saquon. Poor Saquon. Poor Tommy DeVito because he has to stand behind that fucking offensive line. So yeah, it's it's going to be ugly. And, yeah, the Cowboys yes. probably win this game by, like, 35 points or something. And like it's going to be, like, defensive touchdown. You know how the Cowboys beat you? And it's kind of like defensive touchdown here, punt return yeah. touchdown there. They just yeah. beat the shit out of you. Yeah, they're going to sack the Vita, like, 15 times this game. I'll say 10. At least. Um, yeah, so no more analysis needs to be done on that game. Uh, the Commanders at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus 6. Juiced to minus 115. The over under is 45 and a half. The over is minus 114. I don't. Do I believe in the commanders? No. Not there's here games say. that they look like really good, and then there's games that I would never start. Starting to get them. a rhythm a little bit on offense. Sam Howell looks Decent. Jahan Dotson is finally coming around. Dotson, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's still good. Brian Robinson I mean, and Antonio Gibson against Seattle on the road. Are they at home? Seattle's at home. Oh, I'm taking Seattle. Okay. I'm taking Seattle. Seattle's pretty damn good when they play at home. And they're also... Are they the night game? No. Are they just an afternoon game? A 125 game? game? Can I get them at six points? I don't know. Yeah, I'll take Seattle. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if yeah, I wish it was a full touchdown. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, like those weird numbers like that—the six, five, and fours. Those are goofy numbers. Mm-hmm. But we'll take we'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks will score a touchdown, miss an extra point somewhere, yeah, and win by six. Freaking that's, kickers! That's what happened. It's crazy. You got to rely um, on a guy who kicks a football for a living. Yeah, crazy. The Sunday night game. Another doozy of a game. The Jets at the Raiders. The Raiders plus one and a half. Why do they flex these bullshit I feel, I feel like they will. They need to at flex some points out. Man. Yeah, like this is a horrible Terrible. game. Horrible game. Like the Lions and Chargers absolutely should be flexed into this spot. Them or the 49ers and the Jets. Yeah. That, the Lions and Chargers should be either, the Sunday night game. I would even take the Texans at the Bengals. But, um, yeah, so... The Raiders plus one and a half, minus one hundred five. The over under is thirty six and a half, minus the one fifteen. I'm gonna take the Raiders. 
You did not just say the Raiders. I did. Me too. Okay. Because I love the energy in the building and to Alexander Pierce. I forgot. He used to play linebacker. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. He looked, the juice in the room is different. Devontae Adams had a terrible game, but he still looked happy about it. So it was like, you know what? Maybe the, you know, just an attitude change. It really, it really means everything. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the Jets, I mean, they're terrible. They can't score. They can't. Their defense is elite. It's, It's Zach Wilson. Their defense is elite. Tony Romo did it really perfectly on air yesterday. He ripped Zach Wilson, and he deserves it. Because Zach Wilson, the problem with NFL quarterbacks, why they struggle, is that they can't make the simple shit. That's Zach right. Wilson is not hitting his slants. He's not hitting the out-of-the-backfield throws. He's not hitting his, uh, they call them layups. That's He's fine. not hitting his layups. That's fine. But that doesn't change the fact that he's still going to be the quarterback this week. No, because he got nobody else. If, as long as he's a quarterback, I'm not taking the Jets. That's fair, because Zach Wilson misses his layups. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's good. Alan Lazard's good. Randall Cobb is. Uh, they lost me, Cole Hardman. Yeah, I can't believe he went back to the Chiefs. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Raiders for myself and Dre. Moving on to the Monday night game, the Broncos at the Bills. The Bills minus seven and a half. The over under is forty seven. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking it, but I hate it, and I don't. Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. Are the Bills? Are they just a bad football team? Have you ever heard of um, Nick Wright? No. The, yes. Oh, he's one of the commentators on ESPN, okay. and um, he used to work with Colin. He has been calling for the Bills' head for the last like six years. I've been listening to him. This I listened to him this morning. He said, I've been telling you guys this. Josh Allen is just Cam Newton. Yeah. Josh Allen is just, you know, just not as good as what, we're, what people want to give credit for. He has immense talent. Josh Allen can be a freak of nature. But he, le- he sometimes lacks the mechanics. He sometimes just dips right back into just throwing in the double coverage to digs. Yeah. When that all that just doesn't work anymore. These corners are good these days, man. They're not, you're not just going to burn them with digs. They don't run the ball. How many times did they run the ball against against Cincinnati? Well, the Josh, game was Josh Allen is their best running back on that roster. But Mark, he doesn't play fucking running back. He is my quarterback, and I need him to sit his ass. No, I know. I'm making the I'm making the same point you are. But they, it's not like it's not due to lack of talent. James Cook is a good running back. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not even using the shit that you have in the building. And I'm sorry. Until the Bills, I'm sorry. I love McDermott, the coach. But I don't know. I don't like where the direction the Bills are headed. They can make the playoffs still, yes. But once they get into the playoffs, they're going to face Burrow. They're going to face Mahomes. And guess what, Mark? We're going to be right here looking at that with that dumbass look on our face. I'm going to take the Bills. I know. Because that sounds like you. That sounds like you. Everybody. I'm going to cry. I can tell, dude. I can tell. Gonna make me Yo, cry. folks, he's got his hands in his head. He's got a haircut, and he's still wearing a hat. And he just, he he's dreading taking the bills against the shitty-ass team. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. <laughs> just take the bills. It's okay. It's, it's the hook. Yeah. It's that half a point that is terrifying to me. Yeah, as, as it should be, because I don't see them winning by eight. But the Broncos suck, too. 
Russell Wilson's not terrible. He hasn't been. I that mean, bad. they've been, they've been playing better. They're they three and better. five. Like they're not the worst team in the league, but I mean, it makes your stomach boil. Are the Bills truly just not this good? I don't know. Is it is it just a blip in the radar? And then they come out this week, beat the shit out of the Broncos by twenty eight points, and they're like, okay, the Bills were there all along. Fuck, dude! I just I forgot about that possibility. Because when the Bills beat you, they beat the they beat, shit they out of you. They beat you down. They have uh, Mike Tyson. They just hit you hard. They hit you hard. But prone to losing. Yeah. Soft jaw. Yeah. I'll take the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll still I'll stick with the Bills at the minus seven and a half and just feel gross about it. Yeah. I feel pretty s- – my stomach oh, bubbling. God. <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're going to get into a teaser. Let's do it. First, we're going to take the Colts up to seven and a half. Mm. We are going to take the Bengals down to minus half a point. We're going to take the uh, the Saints, um, excuse me, plus eight and a half. I am going to take, what am I at? I have three teams right now. I will take the Raiders up to plus seven and a half. And then let's go. Uh, it's. it's not, you got poop? I'm going to take the Bills. We're going to take the oh, Bills. Oh, God, no, no. We're no, taking no. the Bills down to minus one and a half. We're taking the Bills down to minus one and a half. My left hand does not know how to write a B I L L S. Put it down. Bills what? Bills minus one and a half. That's the five team tease this week. I literally just got a cramp writing That's five letters. That's the five team tease this week. My super lock for the week is the 49ers. Can I tap out of a super lock this week? Nope. Really? Yep. My my super lock of the week is the 49ers minus three against the Jags. 49ers. It's just a great get right spot for them. Off a of bye. Looks like they're fully healthy. I just think that we see the team that was beating teams by 17 without a problem. Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland plus six against the Ravens. All right. Thank you, guys. As always, what did I – did I – how did I do on my teaser last week? We didn't even do that. I just You just see all my doodles in your notebook. Yeah. <laughs> was this it? Uh, no, no, I don't think we wrote it down. Okay, that's fine. Well, thank you guys again for listening. As always, stay humble, stay safe. We love y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.